Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Say What Again Billy podcast. Not a lot going on in the world of paranormal news right now. The only thing I can give you guys is actually Ghostbuster related. In September, you will expect to see a child book edition of the Ghostbusters movie, the original movie. They made it into a child book to try to reach out to the younger crowd and get more Ghostbuster fans because, hey, if you're not a Ghostbuster fan, something is wrong. I know that I've been a Ghostbuster fan for many, many years, 34 years old. I was a Ghostbuster fan when I was four years old. I remember watching the movie and instantly being a fan, watching that movie when I was like four years old. It caught me, it made me become a lover to Ghostbusters, and I bought all the toys, I had my proton pack, I was doing fake Ghostbusting with my proton pack and my ghost trap up until I was almost 12, 13 years old. It was the best time of my life, and guess what? The Ghostbusters are trying to appeal to the young crowd. I feel like Ghostbusters is more popular than ever. With the new movie coming out in November, which was pushed back I think two times and ultimately releasing in November now instead of June, it's just got the anticipation of Ghostbuster fans from past and growing Ghostbuster fans now. And I think it's a really great idea that they made a book that's going to be focused on little kids to just, you know, draw them into the world of Ghostbusters. Because I think besides from Star Wars fans and, you know, other fans with other things like other TV shows or whatnot, Ghostbuster fans are the best. You know, we got guys doing cosplay with the full Ghostbusters uniform, proton pack, what have you. And they go and they have groups and they go to hospitals to see sick kids. They do things with parades in certain areas. I know that almost every state has a Ghostbuster organization where people make their proton packs, make their uniforms. They participate in a lot of community things. And especially on Halloween, like, you know, that's the greatest thing ever to see someone with a, you know, life remake model of the Ecto-1 and proton packs. And, you know, you just, if you're a fan, you're going to love that. If you're a little kid you're gonna love that to see the lights you know lighting up with the proton pack and what have you and you know ghostbusters is very big their popularity is growing the new movie comes out in november everybody's waiting patiently i know i am i was you know heartbroken when i found that it was going to get pushed back they really could have kept it on track for this summer with everything opening i kind of wish that you know mr reitman would uh you know, push it back to the summer, but you know, that's just a, a glimmer of hope. But it looks like November will be the release date for the Ghostbusters Afterlife movie. And the only news I have is that Ghostbusters is trying to pull in the younger crowd, and I'm really, really okay with that. Um, to get into some personal things on why this air, this episode is airing a little later than usual, um, kind of trailing off the whole paranormal thing, but I kind of wanted to give a little bit of motivation to people with my story. Um, you know, I used to work at the Bronx Zoo when I was a teenager. My mother got me the job when I was 14. Obviously, you know, in the United States, you need working papers to work that young. I got my working papers at my high school and I started working there on the weekends and it was, to this day, the best job that I ever had. I had so much fun there. I had started off, you know, just doing little basic things, working in the department that I worked at, you know, a lot of the groundskeeping. I was, you know, 
got a little broom and a dust bucket and just go around, sweep up the garbage, and that's what I would do all day. And as I grew in my five years there in the zoo, they saw that I was responsible, they saw I worked hard, and I was able to do other jobs, which was going into the exhibits, obviously when the animals aren't there, cutting the grass, putting mulch down, um, taking care of down trees, raking leaves, and I got really knowledgeable with you know outdoor tools, which that type of work I love to do. If you know me personally, you know I like to go on hikes, you know I like to go outside, and when it came time to almost leaving the zoo, I had took a job in the reptile house and I took a, a handyman job and I was working from 6 a.m. or 7 a.m. to about 12, 12.30 as a handyman inside of the reptile house in the Bronx Zoo and I kept the maintenance job that I had on Saturdays and Sundays. So essentially, I was working at the zoo seven days a week. I loved that job so much. I was there seven days a week at one point until... I got another offer somewhere where there was benefits and a pension and more of a, I guess, from what I was told from that person that got me a job, a more of a responsible job. And at that time, you know, minimum wage was not what it is today. Um, but I made do and I loved it. But, you know, I trusted the words of the person that wanted me to take this job elsewhere. And I did. Um, within two years of taking the job, it was a fairly big organization. I was able to transfer within this organization to a different department where I really thought I was making a better choice because I was still fairly young. At that point, I was in my early 20s and I was going, you know, I wanted to have weekends off. So I transferred to a department that I had weekends off, holidays off, and I thought I made a really good choice. And it turned out, really quickly within three months to four months in this new department after working in my old department for two years or two and a half years that I had made the wrong choice. Um, there was a lot of micromanaging, a lot of overworking, a lot of things I was doing that were not in my job description. It became pretty crazy pretty quickly. When I had gotten help, there was a transition in power. I got a new supervisor and my old supervisor really didn't like me that much for, you know, reasons that I can't get into. Um, but, you know, let's just say that when you have a union job and you go to the union and you ask for a delegate, you know, things don't end up really, you know, becoming too comfortable with you and your supervisor. And ultimately, I got another supervisor and basically things stayed the same, even with a new supervisor. Moral of the story is I grew very unhappy. And then within the last five years at this particular place... I was still unhappy and it was just not getting any better. You know, you hope in a place that you work that things get better and you make things work. And I have to say this particular job that I am leaving had a lot of perks and I got in the last three weeks the opportunity to put in for a position back at the zoo where I absolutely love and I missed since the day I've left full-time job with a little bit more pay and going back to doing what I really love to do being outdoors all day and just essentially just loving my job and I've missed the place and I know that when I go back there I'm going to continue loving my job um, I'm going to you know unless I'm being bamboozled I'm, I know that I made the right choice so I gave my two weeks notice in on Tuesday, the opportunity presented itself. I had went for it to my, the interview. I nailed it. 
they kind of met me halfway because they knew I couldn't make the decision unless they kind of met me some, you know, halfway with something and they did. And, um, you know, next week I'll be starting uh, a career in a place that I really, really love and I called home. And the reason I'm bringing this up in this podcast episode, and it's obviously not paranormal related, is there's a lot of people out there that are not happy. And I've been told by my family, by my wife, by my friends that if you're not happy somewhere, you have to make moves and you have to put your mind to it. Do whatever it takes to try to get out of the cement that's dried around your feet. Because even dry cement that's sealed around your feet can break and you can move on. And essentially, I went to Indeed. You know, you see all these commercials and you hear all these radio commercials about Indeed.com and all these other places. And I went on Indeed and I, you know, I looked everywhere but the zoo. And I said, why don't I try the zoo? Five years experience. And I did. And positions popped up and I didn't see anything full time. And I would just check back from time to time. And one random night a couple of weeks ago or a month ago, I put in for three positions that were full time that had the experience that was on my resume from working there prior. And, you know, I finally got the interview and, you know, based on my experience and everything, I got the job. And the only reason I got the job is because I tried. I was tired of being miserable. Sometimes you're so miserable, you don't try. You settle. You settle for what you are going through. And you're so miserable, it's crazy that it's it's crazy it sounds that way, that you're so miserable, but you settle. You're like, well, I'm never going to get another job, so I'll just be continue to be miserable. And you really don't understand how much that affects you mentally. You don't understand how much it affects the people that are around you, your friends, your family. You know, you come home and you're tired because you're mentally tired and you don't give love and affection to your family, your 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 son, your daughter, your wife, your husband, etc. You know, you don't want to hang out because you just want to stay home because you're so miserable. And then you dread going to work. Every day you wake up that you're scheduled to work, you're dreading to go to work. You want to call out sick. You use your sick time up. You call out too many times. You know they can nail you for calling out sick. And it's that's not the way to live your life. There is always a way. There's always a scapegoat. There's just you have to take one foot and put it in front of the other. There's always a way to escape your misery. And if you're miserable at your job, there is something else out there. You know, I know jobs. Some, I mean, after COVID, jobs maybe not the easiest thing to come by, but. You know, I had a lot of opportunities in the past that really depressed me that I really thought were going to go my way. COVID messed up a lot of things for a lot of people. COVID messed up something for me, essentially. It was a career that I dreamed of doing. And I changed my diet to try to get this particular position. I, you know, did some physical test that was, you know, pretty crazy. I missed a day in Disney World to take the test. And I passed everything, got called in in February to do all this paperwork, bring home paperwork, fill out more paperwork and bring it back. And I thought I was going to get this job and I didn't. And that devastated me. And then in this past August, I had a friend present the job opportunity to me. And he was like, if you go on this interview and you talk to them and you, you know, you, you be you, you'll get this job. And that didn't work out. So I said after that, I was like, well, that's really two things within a matter of months that I didn't get. And I 
you know, got hard. I got down on myself. I was like really hard on myself. Like, what is it? Is it me? Is it, is it, you know, my, my resume? Is it my, you know, lack of schooling in certain subjects or whatnot? And you get depressed and you don't want to try. And within the last few months, I've grown really tired and saw how things were going to be. And like, I'm trying to put this in the nicest way. I'm not knocking entirely the place that I was at that I'm leaving shortly, but sometimes things are not healthy and you could see it. And let's face it, if you work now, how many times have you presented something to your boss and you know, you know, it makes sense, but they just don't want to have it because you know, they're the supervisor, they're the boss, you know, and it doesn't make any sense yet. You have to stick by what they say, even though it doesn't make sense. Micromanaging is what it's called. And, you know, you just grow miserable doing it. It wastes your time. It wastes your mental capacity of just even fathoming the idea of doing it that way when you know there's an easier way to do it. And you just grow tired and you just upset yourself for no reason. Moral of the story is, if you're not happy with anything in life, there is always a way out. And if you have a way out, take it. Take the opportunity, take the time to try to get out. There is no hole too deep that you can't get out of. I, I don't want to hear that anymore. So I have a very, very big um, excitement level going into this new job. I can't wait to start. Um, it's motivated me to diet a little bit. It's motivated me to hit the gym because I want to be super fit because it's going to involve working outdoors all day. And if you know me, I love the outdoors. Um I'm excited and I just wanted to give a little bit of a motivational speech before I get into my paranormal subject because I know a lot of people that are miserable and I know I was my I was miserable myself and I just feel within the last couple of days last week or so that after making decisions I had to make I actually feel that a weight has been lifted off my back um even talking with my coworker um she said, you know, you sound happy and I'm happy for you because I know, you know, how upset you were and how miserable you were here. And now you just, you already hear in your voice that, you know, you're happy and you're ready to go. It's the greatest thing ever. So I wanted to put this out there that if you're miserable somewhere, you know what? Take a chance because if you don't take a chance, you're going to continue to be miserable. And you know what? You only get one life as you know, we think, because there's all this ghost talk and stuff, we, you know, we think we got one life, we don't want to come, one life, we don't want to come back as a ghost or whatever, but that's a joke. But honestly speaking, you have one life. And I wasted, I feel strongly about this, that I wasted 16 years in a place that didn't appreciate me. I gave work 16 years to this place. And when I gave my two weeks notice in, they didn't respond back to me until a day and a half later. And my first day of seeing them after sending that response, um, sending that email and them responding to me, they didn't ask me nothing. They didn't ask me anything like, oh, where are you going? Why? We're, you know, we're going to miss you. Nothing. It was just like straight to business. You're just a number to a lot of people. And to be honest with you, if you're going to work in a place like that and you're miserable, you're better off going to a place that's going to appreciate you as a person, number one, and you as a worker, number two. So I just wanted to put that little motivational speech out there before I got into the paranormal talk. Now, enough of the motivation, enough about me. This episode is actually going to be focused on why do they haunt? 
I don't know any paranormal story that starts off with someone just dying of old age and haunting a place. A lot of paranormal stuff that stories that we hear, movies that we see on the big screen, everything takes place after something very traumatic, a sudden loss of life. And I have a theory, as do other paranormal investigators, and that is that if you have not fulfilled or lived your full life physically, then spiritually you are going to roam the earth until essentially your time, what would have been, is up. That's my theory. We have murders, we have the unfortunate suicide, we have overdoses, we have car accidents, we have things that in a blink of an eye, in a snap of a finger, your life is over. We have other cases of sanatoriums, penitentiaries, and we have these hospitals in the early, like late 18, you know, hundreds and into the, you know, the early 19, 20, 30s, 40s. We have these penitentiaries and asylums that treated patients like utter garbage. You know, if they had these disabled kids or the kids were mentally ill, some of these doctors and nurses wouldn't even feed them, bathe them or whatever. And at a very young age, they essentially die. And we hear a lot about these penitentiaries and asylums that spirits roam there and it's full of paranormal action. Anything about Eastern State Penitentiary, even though people that were in there predominantly did things that they weren't supposed to do, they're in there at such a young age and just living their life behind a cell the size of a bathroom stall, you know, or a little bigger than that. And they die there and their life, even though they chose to live their life, you know, negatively and end up in the penitentiary they've lived their life like you know like a like an animal like a caged animal of course you're going to get that paranormal activity my theory is that when dramatic things happen and your life is ended fairly quickly uh, you have to live out the time that you were supposed to do you know there's an old catholic saying that god has a plan for everyone and also has your number and when your number's up your number's up and he chooses it it might be circumstances where your number wasn't up and you, you, you know, you, you kick the bucket and your spirit's roaming around trying to fulfill the time it was meant to be on earth. I, that's why a lot of people probably say they have guardian angels. You know, there's a lot of talks, a lot of things where people said, you know, I, I, I was going to walk across that street and then something told me don't. And then a tractor trailer loses control and rams into the car. Had you been walking across that street and that little voice in your head said, don't go, you might have gone and you might have been off this earth. You know, maybe guardian angels are the spirits of people that have left this earth a little too early. And, you know, that's that's why we have this guardian angel and that's why we have these spirits that roam the earth. You leave this earth when you're not supposed to, you might end up roaming the earth until your time physically that was supposed to physically be here on earth, you know, you roam spiritually until that time is up. Um, like I said, I don't hear a lot of paranormal stories. Um, my paranormal caught on camera, when I watch these, these, these videos every week, you know, different things, a lot of the stories always start with something happening. Um, most recent episode that I watched, uh, a guy was putting in a security camera for I believe their friend or their house and his wife was or girlfriend was watching him put it and install it and as he's installing it no one was behind him and then for a split second he caught a glimpse of it looked to be like a woman in a white hood 
And then it was gone. And as the woman was recording, his girlfriend was recording him, putting in this camera, um, she she saw it. And she was like, oh my God, what is that? You know, what was that? And then they replay it um, later on in time. And they were like, what was that? You know, there was someone behind you. And he was like, I felt someone behind me, but I didn't see anybody. They ended up essentially looking up what happened in that neighborhood. And there was two women that were killed, um, I guess, jogging or being outside. And they happened to catch the image of one of the two women while this guy was setting up a security camera. And guess what? How did that woman get spotted, that, that apparition of the woman? Well, it essentially started with her being killed. Her life was cut short. Her spirit is still roaming, trying to either A, figure out what happened, or just trying to live out the time on this earth as a spirit that she should have lived out in full body as a regular human being. And that's my theory. I don't know if it makes sense, but every ghost story or paranormal story that we hear essentially starts with something very traumatic happening whether it be murder car crash overdose suicide or you know just some something you know that i didn't name and i think that's a theory that a lot of paranormal investigators can confirm with me and that's just the world of the paranormal that's my belief you're on this earth living out the time that you should have physically lived out and if you didn't live out the time physically that's what you're going to do spiritually or you're just completely lost as a spirit you don't understand what happened you know, and then you have to have faith, you know, because if you're a Catholic, you believe you either you rest until the, you know, the events of the Book of Revolution happens, the, the great, you know, the rapture, um, you know, you basically rest, you know, you don't technically go to heaven. If you read the Bible, you, you know, you, you just lay to rest until things happen, you know, other beliefs, other religions, like in, you know, Hinduism, you know, in India, you believe you're reincarnated, which there's a lot of stories and talks of that, but you have to have faith to believe certain things. This is a theory that's been, you know, widely studied in the world of paranormal. Sudden loss of life, you got a ghost haunting. So, I just, a short episode today, I wanted to give more of a motivational speech. wanted to talk a little bit about um, my theory on why they haunt. And um, I hope you guys enjoyed that. It was a little twist, a little bit of something different. But I wanted to say sorry for airing the episode a little later. And I kind of gave you a motivational speech and reason why I aired it so late. My Instagram and Twitter outlet is SWAB underscore podcast. That's SWAB underscore podcast, which is short for Say What Again Billy Podcast. It's on Twitter. It's on Instagram. Just like I said it, SWAB underscore podcast. I'd like to thank the Anchor app for giving me the opportunity to film this podcast every week. I hope you guys are listening and sharing my podcast and talking about it. And until next time, this has been another episode of Say What Again Billy Podcast.